Welcome to On Uninformed. I'm Sean CV. On Uninformed helps you in being connected to the world around you so you don't feel dumb around your smart friends. We're talking about world peace. Many of the greatest conflicts in our world have been attributed to religious differences. So if religion has often been attributed to the cause of conflict, is religion creating world peace or destroying it? This has been a question on my mind because I recently attended a lecture as part of the World Peace and Spiritual Life lecture series put on by Westminster College right here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Their guest speaker was an apostle as part of a group of 12 apostles presiding over the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Elder D. Todd Christofferson. Starting off the meeting was Jan Saeed, the Director of Spiritual Life at Westminster College. The topic tonight is service, and specifically international service. Elder Christofferson, our keynote speaker, was in India this past summer to accept an award given to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for their service around the world. Elder Christofferson was joined on his India trip by Steve Morgan, the president of Westminster College, as well as Denise Huftelin, the president of Salt Lake Community College. Elder Christofferson received the World Peace Prize, which was delivered as a giant golden trophy. Here's Elder Christofferson talking about that golden trophy. Very elaborate, very beautiful, and uh, made out of gold. As I say, they tried to send it to me afterward. And it was turned away by U.S. customs <laughs> because it's partly gold. I didn't know we had some restriction on importation of gold. I hadn't heard of that. So Denise gets this beautiful sari, and Steve gets that wonderful vest. I get this crummy little gold, gold trophy. <laughs> I've never arrived. <laughs> He's yet to receive the golden trophy, but I guess most of the time when it comes to gold, religious people are the first to say, you can't take it with you, <laughs> quite literally this time. So Jan Saeed said this lecture was all about service, but it was also about religion and world peace. We're going to talk about how religion, service, and world peace are all connected. Here's Jan Saeed again. To many, the world is in chaos. Opinions are polarized. Religion is a cause of division and harm. But to those who seek change for the better, seek opportunities to create a better world, respect for diverse peoples and their perspectives, the opportunities are abundant, and the potential fruit of these times can be seen as a world of peace. Peace is a topic of all religions and the spiritually minded. The need for inner peace is the first step to change and societal change. Like any organic process, it takes a lot of time, energy, and the right environment. The analogy of a small acorn changing to an oak tree takes a lot of transformation. Tonight's presentations are a small glimmer of that transformation that is possible. So the world is in chaos. There's extreme polarization and religious divisions. But she says there's hope to gradually turn things around. Just having Elder Christofferson there was a huge step in the direction of peace among religions. 
You'll see what I mean. We are so pleased to have this opportunity to have a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the LDS Church with us tonight. But I would just like to say that it is a great honor to have him on our campus. This university was founded by people of faith, known as the Presbyterian Campus. In 1875, the division of people of faith in our city was great, and this campus supported that division. She's talking about how the Presbyterians and other Protestants that started the school in 1875 were set on giving Mormon kids free education in order to convert them from being Mormon to Protestant. This apparently was not received very well by many Mormons who came to the Utah Territory nearly 40 years before the school started so they would not have to be told by non-Mormons how they should believe. As I looked into historical accounts of these divisions, it looks like both sides were to blame for this divisiveness. But fast forward to 1974. Westminster College cut ties with the Presbyterian Church and has since created a greater emphasis on being religiously inclusive. And look, they even invited a Mormon apostle to speak at their college. Today, we are working to promote unity in diversity. Westminster Campus has a diversity engagement team and a diversity and inclusion associate provost. Religious diversity is part of the conversation. When we talk about diversity and inclusion, it seems like we're really good at keeping an open view about race, ethnicity, or sexual orientation. But should religious affiliation be added to that list? Here's another person who spoke that night. Gabby Sanchez, the president of LDS Student Association at Westminster. When addressing diversity, religion is not something that can be left out. Personally, my religion is the most important identity that I hold among many. Although people sometimes overlook it, there is no way to get to know me and my authentic self without understanding that and having discussion with that. It's true. Our religion is a huge part of our identity. But as we saw with the Protestant versus Mormon divisions over a century ago, these identities can create a type of tribal divisiveness if we don't embrace religious diversity. Now let's talk about when Elder Christofferson received the World Peace Prize last August. Elder Christofferson received the award on August 14th in Pune, India. The next day, of course, was August 15th, which is India's Independence Day. On that day, Elder Christofferson attended a huge cultural celebration for that independence holiday, alongside his counterparts from Westminster and Salt Lake Community College. But I think there's significance between his holiday and our little discussion about religious tolerance. This was India's 70th anniversary of independence, which means it was the 70th anniversary of the so-called Partition of India. Up until that time, India had been under British rule for more than two centuries. But when the British finally pulled out, the decision was made to split India into two different countries, of Pakistan and India. Pakistan was to be mostly Muslim country, and India mostly Hindu. And it was a mess. Thousands of Muslims, not wanting to be the minority in the new India, fled to Pakistan. 
and thousands of Hindus on the Pakistan side fled to the new India. So on one end, we have huge migrations of people. And on the other end, we have two new central governments with an overwhelmed law enforcement. And putting these two together, we get anarchy and bloodshed. Serious bloodshed. Some estimates show that more than a million people died as a result of the religious tensions caused by partition. Different forms of ethnic cleansing took place, as many in these new countries did not want to tolerate the religious minorities. Fast forward to present day. India and Pakistan are still big enemies. Honestly, I still don't comprehend why partition was so bloody. But I can definitely see remnants of the ongoing rivalry between India and Pakistan, which sort of seems to be parallel with the rivalries between Hindus and Muslims. When I filled out the visa application to go to India last year, I swear I was asked like three times what my religion was. Clearly, they wanted me to identify if I was Muslim or not. And I also needed to state if I had any affiliation with Pakistan. The bottom line here is division based on religion is very real in India and Pakistan. And I think things are getting better. But in the past, things have been really bad. And I wonder if this was on Elder D. Todd Christopherson's mind when he addressed the importance of religion in society when he gave his speech at the World Peace Prize ceremony in August. Before I get into what Elder Christofferson had to say about religion, I want to bring in what appears to be an opposing view on this topic. In this episode, I've been asking the question, is religion creating world peace or destroying it? Let's look at a prominent voice that proposes a world without countries and religion. John Lennon from the Beatles addresses the topic of world peace in this famous song, Imagine. Hit it, John. Imagine there's no countries It isn't hard to do Nothing to kill or die So what if there was no India and Pakistan, and no Hindu and Muslim, or no Mormon and Protestant? If we take this song literally, he's saying that the absence of these groups would be a recipe of world peace. Let me read the first two verses. Imagine there's no heaven, it's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Verse 2. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion, too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Now, it may be easy to dismiss this song 
especially since John Lennon also wrote some unusual abstract psychedelic songs like Strawberry Fields Forever. Or another favorite, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. But one reason I want to hear John out is that one of my friends, in a moment when he was fed up with organized religion, read to me those two verses that I just read to you. Lennon wants us to, to imagine a world with no heaven or hell, so people are living for today instead of a world of judgment and persecution based on condemning others to hell. And he invites us to imagine no countries and no religions, which could amount to world peace. After learning about partition, it may be easy to believe that life would be much better without countries and religion. I'm not prepared to discuss a world with no country walls, but let's talk about religion. What is religion's role in world peace, if any at all? Let's go back to where we began in the Global Peace and Spiritual Life Lecture at Westminster College. Elder Christopherson decided to give us a piece of the same speech he offered in Pune, India last August. And he gives us three benefits of religion. One, religion enriches an entire nation. Two, religion enriches local communities. And three, religion enriches the lives of families. So first, religion can enrich a nation. I mentioned first that it can enrich an entire nation. I meant it uh, not just in the spiritual and cultural sense, but also in the economic sense. Okay, spiritually enriching a nation, I get that. But economically? How does religion do that? He said it all comes down to something called trust. Here's what he said in India, and I quote, Trust is an essential element of any well-functioning economy. And he goes on further to say, And scholars have found that religion is especially effective at instilling trust and that religious people are far more trusting than people with purely secular viewpoints. Number two, religion enriches local communities. It also enriches local communities. Religious people and institutions are a powerful source of humanitarian assistance. Where they're free to worship and exercise their faith, religious people give volunteer community service at much higher rate than others. By one estimate, people of faith are 40% more likely to give money to charities and more than twice as likely to volunteer their service to community organizations. Highly religious people are more likely to volunteer not only for religious causes, but secular ones as well. India, I found in, in preparing those remarks, is similar. More than seven out of ten people in India reported that their charitable giving was directly linked to their religious beliefs. Wait, so John Lennon is saying religion is making people divisive. And Elder Christopherson is trying to say religion is making people more charitable. What is it about religion that drives these statistics of people being more likely to give? This willingness of religious believers to give and serve arises from a sense of compassion 
that religion teaches us to have for our neighbors, especially those who are poor or otherwise in need. Inspired by that compassion, religious volunteers provide vital services for the most vulnerable, food for the hungry, shelter for the homeless, schools for the uneducated, and medical care for the sick. Third, religion enriches the lives of individuals. Thirdly and finally, I mentioned that it enriches the lives of families and individuals. Again, these are a number of studies that I've quoted. Marriages are more stable. Families more self-sufficient because of the influence of religion. Numerous international studies have shown that valuing and regularly practicing a religion is associated with greater marital stability and higher levels of marital satisfaction. Children are safer and thrive better in families led by a religious mother and father whose faith inspires them to make personal sacrifices for the strength and happiness of their marriage and their children. Children raised in religious homes are less likely to experience anxiety, loneliness, low self-esteem, and sadness. Simply put, children are happy when mother and father are religious. And generally speaking, religion inspires individuals to become better people, to develop character traits of honesty, self-discipline, and caring for others that we associate with good character. And such moral discipline and the inculcation of moral values occurs primarily in the home and within the religious community and benefits all society as a consequence. So religion has been shown to make people more charitable, more productive, and overall more happy. But what then is the source of religious conflict? Elder Christopherson says that religious conflict isn't rooted in religious belief, but that it's rooted in not honoring religious freedom. Hard experience powerfully establishes by contrast that bridging religious freedom leads to conflict. Studies have shown that societal restrictions on religion increase intra-state conflict, religiously motivated violence, political corruption, and overall levels of strife and unrest. Indeed, studies show that government restrictions on religious freedom are the strongest predictor of religious violence and conflict when other factors are eliminated. So what he's saying is, if you want to predict which nations have the greatest religious conflict and violence, you'll likely find it in nations where the society does not promote religious freedom. So let's bring this back to world peace. The research has shown that protecting religious freedom promotes societal harmony, or peace that we've been talking about. This happens because religious freedom facilitates other types of freedom that have significant correlations ranging from better health care to higher incomes for women. Elder Christopherson says that religious people are creating world peace. And John Lennon says religion is destroying world peace. Or is he? I decided to do a little more research to see if Lennon really had atheist motives in writing the song Imagine. And it turns out, one thing that inspired him to write a song of imagining a better world in order to create a better world, it all came 
from a Christian prayer book that he had from a friend. And in a 1980 interview, just months before his death, Lenin said this, If you can imagine a world at peace with no denominations of religion, not without religion, but without this my God is better than your God thing, then it can be true. Close quote. And I think Elder Christopherson might agree on that. Something I believe both ideologies also agree on is that world peace can be accelerated by world service. And that's what this night at Westminster was all about. And one last thought on service from Elder Christopherson. Mormons do service so they can go to heaven, right? Well, actually, there's a little more to it than that. So check out this quote from Elder Christopherson. And this is one of those quotes that, I don't know, I'm, I, I might just put it on my mirror. Check it out. The point of service is not just something we do so that we can get to heaven but it's really the fabric of a heavenly existence. It's uh, what makes up our being and our spiritual life hereafter. Elder D. Todd Christofferson is an apostle for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. John Lennon is a rock star that was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1994. And this is Ununinformed's episode on service and religion and world peace. Thanks for listening. And a thank you for Westminster College for allowing me to record this event. Fact-checking for our coverage of the Partition of India is provided by Tenzing Sherpa. Our music is provided with permission by D.D. Dumbo. I'm Sean Seavey, and you've been listening to Un Uninformed. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>